Good morning. It's wonderful to be with you. My name is Wade. I'm a pastor at Parkview. I have the joy and honor of leading our wonderful college students at 24-7. In fact, if you are on staff or are a 24-7 student, can you please stand up? Thank you. Yes. Hello. Awesome. Okay. Yes. So, uh, 24-7, it's wonderful to serve these students, and we are in a kind of a big transition moment in our ministry where our leaders from last year have just stepped down, and then we have a new kind of group of of leaders coming in. And uh, one of the things that we are uh, learning together at 24-7 is to love what Jesus loves. That's what we're aiming at as a whole ministry. We want to love what Jesus loves. And what we were talking about today in, uh, in our leadership time uh, before this service, uh, we were talking about the importance of two things for love. You need to have imagination, and then you need to have action. Imagination and action. And that's actually what Jesus is talking about today in Matthew 7, verse 12. Matthew 7, verse 12, we're going to continue our series in this understanding of new life. Uh, Those of us who are in Christ, who have been connected to Jesus in relationship with him, we have new life. We have new desires to please the Lord, and we also have a new way of love. And today we're looking at the the, the topic of love, and that uh, the important thing to understand when it comes to Christianity is not that we are just only saved as private individuals, but the message of Christianity is that we actually are saved into a community called the church. And if there is one identity marker of the Christian church, it is love. To be a Christian is to commit yourself to be a person of love and to build relationships of love. So we have new life in Christ, but it means new life together in Christ. We have to learn what does that life together look like? And that's why we need Matthew 7, verse 12. Matthew 7, verse 12, many uh, people would call it the golden rule. One commentator would call it the golden vision. It is the vision given to the church on how we are to love one another well. It's something that we all need to recognize and listen to. And so Matthew 7, verse 12, we're going to read it together, and then we're going to Move forward in our time. I'm going to pray after reading this passage of Scripture. Hear now the word of the Lord from Matthew 7, verse 12. These are the words of Jesus given to his disciples in the Sermon on the Mount to define what life together in Christian community looks like. Here it is. Matthew 7, verse 12. So, whatever you wish others to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Let's pray. Father, as we turn to your word, help us see Christ, your son, and help us learn exactly what he is calling us to do. Since we are praying to see Jesus, your son, we need the powerful help of the Holy Spirit. So, Father, we turn to your word so that we may love all that you love, obey all that you command, embrace all that you teach, believe all that you promise for the sake of your son, Jesus. Amen. Like I said earlier, 24-7 is in a transition time. We're learning together on the leadership team of what it means to love what Jesus loves. And part of leadership uh, in the Christian church is it takes imagination and action. You have to, we we talk about 24-7, dreaming big dreams for Jesus. 
and what he would like to accomplish in us and through us on the campus University of Iowa. But it's not just dreaming, it's also taking steps of action to learn how to bless this campus. So imagination and action, that is what Jesus actually is calling us here in Matthew 7, verse 12. And so the big aim today, if you walk away with one thing, that one thing is this. Jesus wants East Campus to be a people who treat one another with love through imagination and action. East Campus is to be a people of love through imagination and action. That's the, that's the main point, to be a people of love through imagination and action. We're going to see that through th- three things. Jesus is going to define what love is, the definition of love. And actually, I'm sorry, we're actually going to do two points. We're going to do the definition of love and the provision of love. So we're actually going to skip the second point. But definition of love and provision of love. Jesus defines what love is, and then he provides for us the resources that we need to obey what he commands. Let's look at the definition of love, starting in verse 12, the first part of it. Jesus says this, Whatever you wish others to do or to do for you, do also for them. So do you see the imagination and action in this verse? Look closely again. Verse 12, Whatever you wish others to do for you. So Jesus is basically saying, use your imagination when it comes to love, Pause for a second. Use your imagination. Think about it. What, what is it that you would wish other people would do for you? Think about for a second in the different scenarios in your life, relationships with your husband, with your wife, relationship with your kids. Maybe it's uh, between you and your boss or your coworkers. Use your imagination. What is it in those contexts What is that you wish that they would do for you? What is it, how do you wish that they would treat you in those relationships? Think about that. Maybe you want to write it down. What type of person do you expect them to be to you? Do you imagine words of comfort when you are in the midst of suffering? Do you imagine or or think about a person responding in forgiveness to you In times when you hurt them, do you imagine that people would have acts of generosity, kindness, and compassion for you in those relationships? Do you imagine people in your Christian community or in your community group devoting themselves to prayer on your behalf when you have specific needs that you're seeking the Lord for? Are those the things that you imagine? That's just a list of them. You probably have your own things that you expect your spouse to be for you that you want your kids to be in response to you, that you wish your coworkers to be in terms of how they treat you. Jesus is saying, use your imagination. Think about it for a second. Take a, take a think. Pause. Reflect on it. That's the first step of love. But not only are we to imagine, what does Jesus say? Whatever you wish for them to do, whatever you want them to do for you, how to treat you, Last, last part of that, that section, what does it say? Do also for them. Do also for them. Do also to them. So not only imagination, that's the first step of love, but then you need action. You need to take the second step of love. You need to actually become the type of person that you want other people to be for you. And this is hard for us, isn't it? Because we live in a culture of what David Brooks, who is a New York Times uh, columnist, he talks about, we live in a culture of the big me. 
See, our culture is really good at this first part. We're really good at imagining how other people should be towards us. You know, we're actually in Kentucky, there's a law, I don't know if you knew this, this is fascinating. There's a law that just before you take your safe driver's test in Kentucky, uh, the last thing they say to you, supposedly, from what I've heard, is that they say, uh, treat other drivers as you would want them to treat you. It's basically kind of a reinterpretation of the golden rule, isn't it? We're good at the first part in driving, aren't we? We, want other, we expect other people to treat us well in driving, but not so much when, when we're driving. You see, we expect our spouses to respond to us in love and forgiveness and mercy. But the moment that our spouse fails us in some ways, we have bitterness and sharp words of condemnation. For our roommates, right? For our roommates... We're good at imagining what we should have them do for us. Maybe it's they should clean the dishes, something simple and easy like that. Maybe uh, for your roommates, it's just that they, they just pick up the clothes. It's very simple. Reach down, pick up the clothes, put your clothes in the hamper. Not very hard. We expect that for them, but we fail to do it ourselves. See, what happens in our culture is that we're so stuck on self and what's easiest for ourselves. This is our failure of love. Because we can imagine and have certain expectations of what we want other people to be and behave. But we ourselves actually fail to live up to the standards we set for other people. So actually, it's fascinating. If you look at verse 1 of chapter 7 in Matthew... A couple verses before, Jesus says what? Do not judge others. Talks about this plank principle, right? In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about judgmentalism in the Christian community is, is toxic. It's the, it's the plank and the speck principle. See, we see the speck in our brother and sister. We uh, see their sin. We see their lust and the ways they mistreat other people in their lives. We see their laziness and lack of commitment to Christ. But we refuse to address the fat plank that's shoved into our own eyeball. And so we fail, fail actually to love them. Because it's like a doctor trying to do surgery on you. If he has a huge plank of wood shoved in his eye, it's not going to work very well. But we try to go at our brothers and sisters with criticism and judgmentalism for the sins that they fail at when we ourselves are hypocritical because we fail in the very same ways. Jesus is saying, whatever you wish other people to do for you, you must do also to them. Use your imagination, but only imagination. Take the next step of action. Where is it in your life? Who is hard to love? What situation is the most difficult to love? In our culture of the big me, all about self, what determines love is our feelings. See, if I truly love someone, it's about the amount of feelings I have. So if I really love someone, I have lots of awesome feelings towards them. If I don't, I have very small, terrible feelings towards them. And that's what dictates how we love people. But, but really, what Jesus is calling us to is not feelings, but action. C.S. Lewis, the wonderful Christian apologist, the 21st century, the amazing writer, and the mere Christianity has a section on love, which is utterly brilliant. This is what he says. He helps us here. He's explaining what Jesus means by love. He says this, The rule for all of us is very simple. Do not waste time bothering whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you did. 
as soon as we do this, we find one of the great secrets. When you are behaving as if you love someone, when you're taking the actions of love, you will presently come to love him. If you injure someone you dislike, you will find yourself disliking him more and more. But if you do him a good turn, you will find yourself disliking him less. Friends, Jesus calls us to be people of love. So think through, what do you want people, how do you want them to treat you? In what ways do you want them to interact with you? And then how can you take action steps then to give that to them? We're to be a people of love. To be Christian is to be a person of love, a person of active love, willing the good of another person. Now here's the deal. That's a wonderful commandment that Jesus gives us. It's a great law. Because actually, if you look at the the verse again, what does it say at the very end? It says, for this is the law in the prophets. So what Jesus is calling us to actually is the summary of the whole Old Testament story. Law and prophets is the shortened version of the whole Old Testament. It'd be the same thing. I grew up in Phoenix, uh, so most people in Phoenix probably don't know uh, that Iowa City is close to Coralville, which is close to North Liberty. But if I just said, you know, even if I lived in North Liberty, but if I said, hey, I live in Iowa, say, I live near the University of Iowa, what that really means is there's this whole thing that I'm talking about in that area. That's kind of what Jesus is talking about. He's saying law and prophets meaning the whole Old Testament story. See, the Old Old Testament story, the Bible, gives us the vision of love. The Bible tells a story of a God so full of love and joy that an overflow of Father, Son, and Spirit loving one another in a perfect tri-unity, trinity of relationship, they create a world of love. And they place humans in this world to love. The story takes a, a spiral towards tragedy because humans, you and I, have rejected the love of God and chosen to love self above God. That's what sin is. So it doesn't take very long for us to look at CNN.com or Fox News, discover something has gone wrong with the way we treat one another. Instead of love, we have hatred and racism and division and divorce rates are increasing. The use of internet pornography is on the rise. We fail to love one another. And Jesus says the failure of this is not just that we failed some opinion, that it's a nice thing to treat one another well. That's what many of our culture think, right? This golden principle, many people think, oh, that's what Jesus and Gandhi and every other major religion is all about, just the golden rule. But the uniqueness, actually, what Jesus is talking about, if it's the law and the prophets, is that actually this is under the authority of a living, real, holy God who has called us to be a people of love, and therefore failure to do this is actually a direct offense against this holy God of love. And so we're in a predicament. We're called to action of love, yet we have a failure to love, and so we need the provision of love. This is where I want to spend the rest of our time together. Jesus calls us to the provision of love. What do I mean? Well, look down at verse 12. We skipped one very crucial word. Verse 12 says this. In fact, if we miss this word, we'll actually always fail to love. We will not actually be motivated to love. And the, 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 the word is this. You ready? The word is so. You see the word? Verse 12. So do to others what you would want them to do to you. So whatever you wish others to do to you, do to them. So 
What is that word so all about? So is a connector word. I use this word all the time, right? Uh, I want to be uh, on staff at staff meeting on time, uh, which is not a typical thing, but uh, usually I want to be on staff meeting at time. So I need to leave in three minutes. So it's a connector word that uh, links what comes before with what's happening present in Scripture. So this verse, this command that Jesus is giving, he is saying, you must, East Campus, be people of love, committed to the actions of love towards one another. Just as you'd want other people to treat you, you also must treat them in love. But the reality is, right, we fail that. So we need the command that Jesus is giving. Does he help us? Does he give us the resources to obey? Yes, he does. So, so, it's all in one word. What, why is so? Well, look at verse Verses 7 to 11. Jesus is talking in verses 7 to 11 the Sermon on the Mount about prayer. He's saying if you ask and seek and knock, there you go. Uh, if you knock, the door will be open. If you ask, you will receive. If you seek, you will find. For everyone who asks, receives. He tells promises now. If you're a person who prays, asking in faith in the Lord who provides, he will provide for you. And then Jesus, uh, in the, the next couple of verses, he gives these illustrations, Right? that uh, these kind of uh, evil parents, right, their kid says, uh, Dad, I want a piece of bread. And then the parent gives them a stone. Or, Dad, I, I, I want a fish. Oh, but instead what happens is that Jesus gives, or the, the parent gives them a snake. But then in verse 11, what does Jesus say? He says this, If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And so the principle that Jesus is teaching us is this. Our heavenly Father provides what we need. And then look at verse 12. So, so if your Father gives you good things, if he will provide what you need, so therefore, whatever you wish others to do to you, do to them. So the actions of love... And all of the challenge and difficulty of loving the people in our lives that God has called us to, we are not left to ourselves with an empty gas tank to try to chug uphill with nothing left in the tank. No, Jesus has filled our gas tank with a bunch of motivation. And the motivation to love is the provision of the Father. The principle is this. It is the provision of God that rescues us from a failure to love so that we can become the people of active love. The provision of love from our Father compels us to be people who act in love towards one another. If you have a Heavenly Father who has infinite amount of resources, all you have to do is ask. Father, there is this coworker that constantly challenges me in terms of responding in gentleness and kindness. Father, would you please help me love them and react to them in patience and kindness? The Father provides an answer to that prayer of love. Father, I, I, in my marriage, Lord, I, I want to grow in love for my spouse. There are ways in which I need to grow in forgiveness in ways that they have hurt me. Father, would you please, instead of lashing out in bitterness and anger, would you help me become a person of love in my marriage? Father, would you please provide for me the love that I need to bless my spouse? Lord, when it comes to my kids, I want to love my kids, but Lord, they get on my nerves. 
and they do things I don't want them to do. I feel like they're not listening to me. Would you help me be a parent who is patient and kind and faithful? Father, would you please provide the love that I need for these dear children you've called me to serve? See what happens there? You have a father who provides everything you need for a life of love. If you had no father, there is utterly no way that you become a person of love that Jesus is calling you to here. But you have the Father who loves you and who provides for you. And then here's how I want to end our time. I just want to think about Jesus and how wonderful he is. Earlier we talked about the need for imagination to think about ways in which we want others to treat us and then having action steps, right, to go and then acting in love towards them in practical steps of blessing them. Well, Jesus actually fulfills the golden rule. Jesus is not calling you to do something that he himself has not done. In 1 John 4, 9 through 11, there's this link between the provision of God's love and then the action of love that we are to do. In Christ, in Jesus, God has provided the love that we need that we then go out and bless others with. 1 John 4, 9 says this, In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent, that God provided his only son into the world so that we might live through him. That's our new life that we have in Christ. Okay? Then verse 10. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent, provided his son Jesus to be the sacrifice for our sins, the propitiation for our sins. And then look at this, verse 11. Beloved, if God has so loved us, if he has so provided such love for us in his son Jesus, we also ought to love one another. God loves us in his provision of love, therefore we also ought to love one another. The very love that Jesus calls you to has been given to you in himself. Jesus on the cross, he gives up himself in love for us. This is what love does. It is self-sacrificial for the good of another. Jesus fully fulfills the golden rule, this golden vision of love, doing unto others what you would have them do to you. Jesus Christ has done unto us what we should do to him. He has done so in love. And this is what we have in Jesus Christ. Friends, our Father in heaven has provided love for us in Jesus. Therefore, we are called to be a people of love. It's very simple. In our everyday interactions, at home, at work, at school, we are to think through who are the people in my life, in my sphere of influence that God has placed in my life to bless and to love, and to think through each of those relationships with this understanding. Father, you have provided an infinite amount of resources in the love of Jesus Christ. How would I want this person to treat me and once you have that clear in your mind to be a person of compassion, to use words of encouragement, to be the presence of healing in the midst of their brokenness and suffering, friends, then you are to go and do likewise. Because doing so is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. This is how God has designed us to live as a community, to be people of love, through the provision of a Father who loves us. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we thank you so much for your great Love for us in Jesus Christ. You have provided everything that we need for a life of love. Jesus, your command is very simple. 
yet it is deeply challenging. We are to treat others as we would have them treat us, for thus we fulfill the law and the prophets. So we need the provision of love, a Heavenly Father who loves to give good gifts to His children. We need the gifts of love. We have it in Jesus Christ, and we ask for specific ways, wisdom, on how each of us might apply that in our community. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.